Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg in downtown Laurel, and we're glad you're with us. We've got one of the great baseball, college baseball coaches in the country on the show with us today, Coach John McCormick from Florida Atlantic, going to be joining us here momentarily. Also, Andy Lee, who is a Mississippian with six national junior college softball championships under his belt, he's going to be on the show. He was the roommate of uh, Southern Miss Athletics Director Jeremy McLean, so we're looking forward to to that conversation as well. Opening segment sponsored as always by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. We thank them for their support of our show. They have great food seven days a week. You can enjoy it in their dining room through the drive-through, take home, however you choose. Just be sure when you want barbecue, you choose Dickie's Barbecue. One of our favorite college baseball coaches is John McCormick at Florida Atlantic University, a great program there in Boca Raton, Florida that the Golden Eagles are on their way to uh, lock horns with this weekend, and we have him on the phone. And, uh, Coach, it's good to talk to you again. Haven't uh, been able to talk to you in a while, but welcome back to our program. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a while, right? Um, it has been. tournament in 19, so it, almost two years. It was. I think the last time I saw you, uh, you and I spoke for a moment right after the game uh, down on the field, and, of course, it was a great game, and uh, – and we expect more for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It was it was a great game for us, but it was a good baseball game overall. No, it was. It was okay. You're right. You're right. All you're right, right, Coach. Uh, here come the Golden Eagles. Uh, Going to end the season against Florida Atlantic. I think when all of our fan base saw that, they went, "Ugh," you know, ending the season. Uh, you know, in that tough an environment. You and I had a chance to talk a little bit before we came on the phone. You've had a lot of injuries this year, but but your guys uh, here as of late uh, seem to have it together. You're 27-21. You've won three series in a row, conference series, seven of your last nine ball games. Uh, things going pretty good right now for the Owls. Yeah, I think, uh, as we mentioned off air, I, I think the guys finally realize that no help is coming, and what we have is who we are. And we're just making the best of it. You know, some guys have really stepped up, and in, in um, uh, especially in the bullpen. And uh, you know, we're making the best of it. They played great last. Actually, last four weekends we played really well. Had a tough, had a chance to win the series at UAB and got walked off. And it was a tough, it was a tough, um, tough day. But other than that, um, we've we've kind of righted the ship and doing okay. And is, has most of your issues been injury related to your pitching staff, coach? Yes, yes. Um, you know, early like everybody, we had a COVID guy here or there. Uh, we had a mono guy. We had a guy with pink eye that missed a series. Um, <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, but it's all been arm issues with the pitchers. Um, just one of those years. You know, like it happens. Right. 
All right, so this is the last weekend series. You're headed into the Conference USA Tournament. Your team will, of course, be there. I think you're still alive for some NCAA uh, consideration as well. Big series, really, for both ball clubs this weekend. What uh, what should Golden Eagle fans expect, and, and what are names that they'll hear this weekend uh, when the two teams tangle up? Um, well, I, I, you know, for us, our offense revolves around freshman Nolan, Shenuel, and uh, B.J. Murray. They hit 2-3 in the lineup. Uh, those two guys have, have really, really played uh, swung about well, played well. Um, you know, Bobby Morganson is a name that has been around for three years. He has had a good year, not a great year for a senior. Um, those those three guys probably, and then on the mound, you know, Hunter Cooley's taken over the reins at uh, uh, for Friday night and has pitched really, really well. And Javi's pitching, Javi Rivera's pitching on Sunday, and he's six and zero, has done a nice job and. And in the middle between that, it's a it's kind of a hodgepodge, and we just do the best we can. You know, we just do the best we can. And um, but those five guys, I think that you know, if for us to be successful this weekend, BJ and Nolan have to swing the bat well, and Bobby has to help out. Right, Luke, get in here with Coach McCormick. Coach Max, so glad to talk to you again, and uh, glad we've we've made it through twenty 2020, twenty now twenty twenty one. Your team. Uh, did it surprise you at all, the, the power? You got two guys or three guys in double digits, 62 home runs on the year, your top 20 in that category. Has that been a strength of your team this year? That's a strength, and actually, between me and you, it's a secret. We thought we would hit more. Um, um, <laughs> we, we thought that that was really a strength, that we were going to hit, you know, I don't know a number, but I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a prolific offense. Um, and they've done well, but the expectation was certainly high because, you, you know, you have Wilfredo, who's played five years of college baseball. He's back at the leadoff spot. B.J. Murray's going to be a decent draft. Nolan Chenuel was our, has been our best hitter since he stepped on campus in September. And he's one of those guys that I think everybody has. If it's a normal draft, he probably doesn't show, you know. Um, and then, you know, then Bobby Morganton has had a had a, a little bit of a rough year. I know he's still, I think he's hit 10 home runs, so 9 or 10 home runs. So, um, But we thought it was going to be a little bit more prolific. Um, but they certainly have done a great job. Uh, and we've always prided ourselves on a good offense. Um, and these guys have, you know, we found a way. And, you know, we've had a guy like Stephen Loden step up, who was our opening day second baseman, really, really struggled, went to the bench, kind of emerged about four weeks ago, and when he started hitting, we started playing better. So uh, maybe he's a little bit of a good luck piece. reason I ask you that, uh, one of the reasons I ask you that, Coach, is because some people on the Southern Miss side kind of feel like the Eagles this year have kind of lived and died by the long ball, and, and Southern Miss is kind of the opposite. They've hit 10 less than you, 52, and yet at the same time it was more than what we thought of this team. So you who are hitting a little less for power than what you thought coming into the season, is there something, you know, four weeks in, uh, six weeks in, Coach, where you kind of change your approach and try to manufacture runs another way, or is it just this is baseball, we're going to get them however we can? Um, it's baseball. We're going to get them however we can. We're not built to do anything else. Um, we are doubles and dingers. We are not built to steal bases. We are not built to hit and run. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, we've tried to become a little bit more patient. We've tried to 
do some things with the guys that we have. But, you know, Bobby Morganson hasn't bonded in five years of college baseball, and we certainly can't start asking to do it midway through his, you know, fifth year. Um, we are who we are, and we just got to continue to get better at what we are um, because we're not built to do it any other way. Um, so that's but we're going to live and die with who we are. Coach McCormick, over there in the east side of the uh, league, uh, we've seen kind of, I think it's fair to say, an emergence this year of uh, Old Dominion in Charlotte. Florida Atlantic has been the perennial bell cow there in the in, in the eastern division. What can you tell our listening audience about those two teams? We've seen neither one of them, but we're hearing a lot about them. Well, we'll start with Old Dominion. I thought Old Dominion in 19, in the end of 19, I thought they were one of the two or three better teams in the league, and I expected them to go to the conference tournament and make some real noise. It didn't happen. Um, then, of course, all those guys were seniors last year, and then they got them back. They're a good, older team. They have three really good starting pitchings, they, starting pitchers. They can hit. They, they can hit for some power. They play exceptional defense. They play really, really well together. Um, it's fun to watch. Uh, and they can run a little bit. They do some things. Um, but I saw this. I saw this coming. We played them at the end of nineteen, and I, I did an interview going into. I said, "The for me, the team to beat is is old, old Dominion going in in nineteen, and all those guys are still there." Um, and then Charlotte, um, you know, Coach Woodward got the job, and he just started recruiting. You hear him getting all these guys that throw. 95, 97, et cetera, et cetera. And to go up there to say that I was impressed is an understatement. They could pitch. They have power arms. Plus, they have some guys that can spin it. Um, they play really, really well on the turf at home. Um, we played them up there. They have a, a, a toughness about them that um, maybe wasn't prevalent in the past. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, they played really well together. The coaches did a great job coaching the team. The guys were in good position. Um, it was it, again, it was fun to watch. Those two teams are for real. Um, you know that conference tournament with with those four teams and us and and West Western I think is in too. And then the last two spots, it's going to be a really really good tournament. Um, I haven't seen La Tech other than on video, and of course we'll see Southern Miss this weekend. So. I mean, you're talking about four teams in the top 20, and we were in the top 20 at one point during the year, so it's going to be a really, really good conference tournament. Get your tickets now. Right. We're talking to a Florida Atlantic baseball coach, John McCormick. We're going to hold him over uh, for another segment. Always enjoy these conversations and talk to a coach about the status of Conference USA baseball, NCAA baseball, uh, the way they're picking regionals, lots of baseball talk uh, with a guy that knows it very well, Coach John McCormick, well, head baseball you. coach at Florida Atlantic. Hang on, Coach. We'll be back with you in just three minutes. You got it. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net on Hardy Street. Great place to buy Southern Miss baseball apparel. They're open six days a week. You can also shop them online at CampusBookmart.net. 
and uh, Miss Kathleen and her staff will help you in any way they can. We're talking to uh, Florida Atlantic baseball coach uh, John McCormick. Coach, uh, we talk to Coach Barry every Monday. Last couple of shows, he's really he's really been uh, very happy about uh, having four CUSA teams in the top twenty. Of course, your team right there, you know, you've been in the top 25 this year and certainly right there on the verge. Uh, your thoughts about uh, the progress of Conference USA Baseball this year? Uh, fantastic. Um, you, you know, we have a new facility in Ruston, um, although I've never been to La Tech. Of course, you guys have turfed and done some other things. Um, we're working on some things. You know, Charlotte's done some things. So, I think structurally we're doing better. Marshall's supposedly getting a new stadium in a few years, a year. Um, but the players on the field have done a really nice job, and, of course, the coaches get credit as well. But to have four teams in the top 20 and not just kind of sneak in for a weekend here or there, those four guys have been in there for about five, six weeks. I'm, I'm a voter on one of the polls, and I vote, you know, I vote for them um, religiously. Um, they've maintained... Um, they've maintained their record. They've done well on the weekends. They've won weekend series. They have complete teams. Um, uh, it's it, it, it's really good. Baseball's really good in the league. Coach, do you see Charlotte as a potential regional host? Do they have the facilities and the resume to host a regional? Well, uh, the resume, yes, because they've they've done a good job going out and and uh, playing. Um, North Carolina and some other places like that facility. I think in COVID year, I think the facility is fine because it's only going to be 50%. Um, I think the revenue piece of it, the NCA is not going to hold people to it. I think they're looking for to strategically place sites around the country so people can bus more than fly, you know, for finances one and two, a little bit of, more safety so you know i i um i I would think them i I would think though i i think everybody in the league has a chance to host um at some form or fashion you know um you know the natural would be la tech a new facility coming off the the tornado what a great story having them you know the great year um you know but then you look at old dominion uh, i don't know if they have uh, their facility um, they would have to bring in some seating, but they have the best RPI in the league right now, I think. So, um, you know, I, I hope everybody bid. Um, even if you don't get it, it's good to go through the bid process. We've done it here. It's good to kind of get your facility evaluated for that type of thing. Like, okay, the lights need to be better. And then it's a good thing for the administration to see that. Like, hey, we're having a great year and we got to reward our, our players and coaches and baseball program. And to be able to do this next time it comes around, we need to upgrade the lights and do et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's a good exercise for the administration as well. Right. Luke? Yeah, we didn't get to talk about this yesterday, Bob, and I don't know if you uh, you knew this, Coach Mack, but Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball actually reported last night Charlotte couldn't use the minor league facility, so there's actually a, a brand-new uh, stadium in nearby Gastonia, North Carolina, which is about 30 minutes away from Charlotte. It holds 5K and Kendall, uh, 5,000 people, and, and Kendall is actually reporting that that was the bid that Charlotte put in. And, and for okay. us, Coach Mack, we've been saying, how in the world you know can Charlotte host with a capacity of 500? That, that makes more sense. 
How big would it be for the league this year, Coach, to build off what you just said for the league to get two host sites? Oh, it would be unbelievable. You know, it would be it would be unbelievable for um, our league to be able to do that. You know, I I, I would not say that outside of you know maybe even you know the SEC ACC. Um, I don't know if you'd have a, a league, the American, Big West, Sun Belt that's ever had two hosts. That would be absolutely amazing. I I, I didn't see that with um, with uh, Charlotte. I just hope that um, I know that they a couple years ago the NCA you know wanted to make sure they were on campus and didn't want to do the off-campus sites. But with things changing the way they are this might be the perfect time to be able to um, get a host in a, in a minor league park like that. Yeah, our, our kind of argument has been where a, a team maybe shouldn't be punished simply because of, of their facility if, if it's merit-based. But, Coach, kind of zooming out some, because we've asked every Conference USA coach uh, that's been gracious enough to come on this show this year, how how has uh, the 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 transfer portal, the roster size, the backing up of JUCO and high school because guys get extra year? How has that affected your program? And then the second part to that, if you could comment on kind of the four game series uh, for for Conference USA this year. Okay, the four game series is exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting, both mentally and physically. Um, and that Sunday game sometimes is not a true representation of how good our league is. Um, it puts the players in a bad situation um, in terms of rest and recovery. Um, I don't think the league did a good job of mandating recovery um, for each game. Like we play at five on Fridays because we know the guys have 14 innings and it gives everybody you know, in theory, it gives everybody about 12 hours in their dorm room, their apartment. Um, and I thought the league should have mandated something like they did in basketball to give everybody proper rest. Um, uh, so that's the four-game um, thing. I, I'm not a fan of the transfer portal. Um, I think it just gives young people another chance to say, I'm out of here, before they have all the information Um we kind of stayed away from stacking the roster, which eventually kind of hurt us. Um, we only have 38. We have 37 guys, 38. One guy, he was with us, and he was hurt in the summer, and he's been here. So we've kind of stayed away from the bigger roster because that, that usually causes more issues than it helps. Um, but the, the problem with the transfer portal is it's just another way the NCA erodes – the fact what college athletics is about, you know, it's not a, it's about helping these young people become better people to live in the world when they're done playing and the portal allows them to, Oh, this is not good. I'm leaving, you know, opposed to sitting down, having a conversation and, you know, getting through something like we have a great example of Mac Jones where he stayed, he waited and waited and waited and worked and got his opportunity um, and was able to play. Beat out the higher-priced recruits or higher star recruits, whatever they call them in football. Um, and it was a, it's a great story. And we're going to lose that because 
and you see it in travel sports, if you don't like this team, you automatically go to another team. If you don't like this high school, you can go to another high school. There is no more stand and fight and saying, hey, this is the program that I chose, and I'm going to get better at it. Uh, and then on the other side, people always say, well, you coaches can go wherever you want. I can't go wherever I want. If I want to leave, i got to pay FAU to leave. There's a price, mm-hmm. right? If Scott Berry wanted to go coach it, you know, I'm not going to start any rumors, but anywhere – he would have to pay them to leave because he's under contract. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not as easy. And, you know, our job is to not to make life easier for young people. It's to make life better for it, you know, and letting them just pack up their stuff and leave is not always the best thing. Now, there are times where it does work out and we understand, but um, there are times where you sit down with a young person and you say, listen, you're in a good spot. Stick it out, man. It's going to be okay. And, you know, there, there's too many people outside of it that say it's going to be better. And Lane Kiffin, when he was at FAU, said it perfect. He goes, every kid thinks that portal's the answer. And there's so many kids at the end of it are just sitting there going, like, I got nowhere to go. I got nothing to do and nowhere to go. So I worry. Right. I think we all do, Coach. We hear rumors here of true freshmen on this program down here from small high schools wanting to get in the portal at the end of the year because they didn't walk in here immediately and start as a true freshman. Well, you know, there was a time you, you didn't even expect to do that when you went no. to a quality program as a freshman. No, you're 100% right. And it's, it's it, you know, and it, it's, it's the unrealistic expectation of young people and their families because of the way youth baseball is set up now. Because they never, youth baseball, for the most part, they don't ever have to win a job. They have to make sure their check clears, and then they're on the team. So whether they win or lose, whether they go 4-4 four for four or 0-5, oh they're playing the next day because that's what's mandated for them paying. So they don't understand um, sometimes when you say, hey, you didn't perform well in inter-squad. These guys are better than you. You've got to wait your turn, and these are the things you do to got to get better. Their immediate response is, i got to go. i got to leave. They don't like me. And that's not, that's not the case. That's... Uh, that's not the case, um, and it's sad because of, uh, um, you know, like you said, it wasn't always that way. No. Coach, unfortunately, we're out of time. We always thoroughly okay. enjoy our conversations with you and always look forward to watching your fine program. So, uh, well, thank we'll, you. We'll be tuned in this weekend, and, uh, and best of luck to you uh, the rest of the year, Coach. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Stay safe, guys, and, and maybe we'll see you out in Ruston. Okay. All right, Coach John McCormick, everybody, head baseball coach at Florida Atlantic, one of the true great guys, really great guys in college baseball. We'll be back. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. We want to thank uh, baseball coach John McCormick from Florida Atlantic uh, University. Uh, Luke and I thank the world of that man. We think he's really one of the uh, finest college baseball coaches in the country. We thank him for his time on the Eagle Hour. Uh, This segment, of course, sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the 895 Plate Lunch. And tomorrow is the, uh, (laughs) I'll have to say it, it's Bob Getty Catfish Day. Uh, it is the best catfish you will put in your mouth. Uh, it'll start serving up about 11 o'clock, and I strongly urge you to enjoy lunch at 4th Street Bar Grill. Of course, all the Southern Miss baseball games with Florida Atlantic will be on the TVs uh, throughout the bar 
and grill throughout the weekend. Our next guest is the uh, head softball coach at Northwestern uh, Florida State College, Northwest Florida State College. He is a Mississippi guy. He uh, coached at Hines Junior College. And get this one, six national championships at LSU Eunice in uh, the NJCAA. Six national championships, uh, over 675 wins in his career. And uh, we're happy to have Andy Lee on the show with us. And Coach, uh, what a career. Thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour. Oh, thanks for having me. You know, I've, I've got a lot of Mississippi ties. Uh, started off at Heinz, uh, played baseball at Delta State, and uh, I'm glad you guys had me on today. Sure, and I think you're from – are you from Mississippi originally, Coach? Um, we moved there when I was in eighth grade, and I went to Woodland Hills Baptist Academy out in Jackson, Mississippi. And then my mom married a farmer, and I lived out in Bolton mm-hmm. and uh, started my family and coached at Canton Academy one year baseball and then was at Heinz for – two years as a pitching coach under my old coach and then long story but I got into softball and it stuck and I love it and I don't think I'd ever go back to baseball well six national championships you know it pretty well right <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm learning every day I'm picking brains of good coaches that's what I do right and I follow their lead well we're glad to have you on the show and one of the things we wanted to talk to you about too you were a roommate in the in the Boston Red Sox organization you played there two seasons and you were roomies with our athletic director, Jeremy McLean, and you were telling me before we went on the show that when you were a senior at Delta State, Jeremy was it was a year behind you. First of yeah. all, I, I and I remind our listeners about this, any opportunity I get, the most underrated, underappreciated athletic program in the state of Mississippi is not one of the quote-unquote big three. It's Delta State University. And it started years ago with national championships in women's basketball and then carried on into baseball. What a tremendously rich baseball tradition at Delta State, Coach. Oh, it is. I had the honor to, to play there um, and play under all those great teams that played ahead of me and a lot of all the draft picks. And Coach Ferris, Boo Ferris, was at every game, and he's a legend. And uh, it was a great experience. It really was. Now, Jeremy McLean was a pitcher at Delta State, and we've tried to talk to him a little bit about this on the air, and he always kind of shies away from it. But I understand he was the all-time winningest pitcher at Delta State, the second winningest pitcher uh, in Division II. Put in perspective how good Jeremy McLean was as a college baseball pitcher. He was awesome. I mean, I was a senior looking up to him as a junior. I mean, he went out there every Friday night, would give you seven to nine innings, um, threw strikes, had three great pitches, could throw in any count, and was just a dog. I mean, that guy competed his tail off. Uh, hard worker, always stayed late, came early. Um, I was, like, tough throwing bullpens next to him because he would just hit every spot, and I had to try to stick up, stay with him. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy was great. He really was. He's a special talent. I know he won't tell you that, but the guy was incredible. He really was. And you are now officially the first person ever on the Eagle Hour to refer to Jeremy as a dog. And so I want to congratulate <laughs> you for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Luke? <laughs> you're you're the only person that will ever call oh. the athletic director for the University of Southern Mississippi a dog. And it was in a he good way. He was a dog. You know, he, was a... <laughs> he, would, he would be the donkey now, I guess, because that's what they call the, the ace of the staff now. But. Um, yeah, what was his – and I, just to follow up on that, what was his three pitches that he had? And then what was his what was his velocity on his fastball? He was 
more Maddox S. I mean, he was 87, 88, and you know, heck, back then that was pretty decent speed. I don't know. I think the radar guns are all juiced now, but um, <laughs> you know, but he had a great slider, good 12 to six curveball, could throw that change up. You know, painted with a two seam fastball, and would come in with a four seam. And the guy was just special. He was a great talent. I enjoyed watching him pitch on Fridays. Then they had to deal yeah, with me on Saturdays, never... and that was a whole different thing. Get the bullpen right now. They got Jeremy got him mad, and they shelled you anyway. Yeah, he uh, he he will never he will never tell us you know anything, but we always like hearing his his insight. All right, where you are at uh, Northwest uh, State College of Florida, uh, you came from LSU Eunice, and you know not only Mississippi. Uh, college baseball you know mississippi college softball particularly in the juco ranks uh it seems like you and chris robinson at jones college had some fierce matchups every single year in the in the region and i think uh, not only does the junior college baseball in mississippi and, and even uh d2 baseball d3 baseball in mississippi get overlooked but man how good is junior college softball uh in the state of mississippi as you've seen firsthand no it was unbelievable i mean uh I think they probably had, I think, six to seven teams ranked in the top 25 sometime this year. Uh, I can remember going to uh, regional tournaments where we had the one, three, five, and seven team in the nation playing in it. And, uh, you know, it's if you look at the World Series, uh, I think the last eight years, either a Region 23 team has won it or has been in the finals. And um, I've won six. Jones won one. In that time, spurring, I think Phoenix won one. So, yeah, I mean, it's dominant. It's the best conference by far in D2 JUCO. What What do you find? Uh, and and I, I guess we asked uh, John McCormick from Florida Atlantic, the head baseball coach there, uh, previously in this show, the same thing with you. Now, because of how the portal is impacting everything, you're kind of stuck in the middle. And what we see is is that you know because nobody's really moving on for a few more years, these rosters in the middle. It's tough on high school kids. It's tough on junior college kids uh, sometimes because even though they, they can stay around another year, there's no place for them to go because everybody's backed up. How's it been the experience with that with you? It's been tough. The Division uh, one levels, it's been really tough because uh, they're stuck with probably 30 kids on the roster right now. And uh, the big, at least power fives, I mean, those kids are going to stay. They're going to find extra money for them and all that. But it has been a log jam. I mean, it was a log jam for me. I had to make some cuts this year. Usually I don't have to do that because kids wanted to stay around and there's just kids out there. It just trickles down. I mean, there'll be kids from the higher levels looking for a place and getting pushed out. And then it's just, uh, I think it's going to eventually by next year, you know, I think the talent will rise to the top and people will kind of phase out of it. And uh, the top kids and the top talent will be around, but it's been kind of a mess. It really has been. Bob. Uh, Coach, well, you know, we hear this a lot. We just heard this uh, from Coach McCormick that he thinks this is this transfer portal and the ease at which kids can transfer now is really setting a bad example and not going to serve kids well in the remainder of their lives. Your thought about what we're seeing happen? Oh, it's just, I mean, it's an easy out. Okay, you're not playing, so hey, I'll just go somewhere else. I mean, it starts at the travel ball level. I mean, a kid plays on a team with 11 kids, and if they're not playing, they just go start their own team and go play. I mean, it's just it's our culture now. It's uh, not a great way to win in life. When anything gets hard, you just quit or move on. 
So I'm not a big fan of it. JUCO is still the old school. You got to get a release and a transfer waiver if you want to stay within junior college. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's just you know, it's got to be a huge headache for the coaches, especially for NCAA basketball. Right. Seems like a lot of those kids jump in the portal very quick. I, I'm going to guess you know co- who, who Coach Robichaud was. Uh, it was at Louisiana Lafayette. Unfortunately, passed oh. away unexpectedly. Uh, we had him on the show, and this was three or four years ago. I think he was the first coach that ever spoke out on this show about travel ball. And boy, he, let me tell you, he held nothing back. He, he was maybe the greatest interview we've ever done on this show. He detested travel ball. And we really haven't talked to a lot of coaches that think travel ball has been positive for collegiate athletics. Your thoughts about that, Coach? I just think, you know, it's all about stats and trying to get signed, and it's not about winning and team and competing. Um, And I just think the whole formula and the whole way it's made up, I mean, I remember back when I played, there was no consolation bracket. You know, you had Mm -hmm. two and out. You didn't win. You went home. Right. And, um, you know, I just, I'm not a big fan of just the, the way the format is is designed and then i'm also not a fan is just i mean these kids all they do is they go to hitting coaches and all this stuff and pitching lessons and they don't practice as a team so i get kids and you expect them to know how to back up bases or do the fundamentals and all that and they don't know it and uh it's not wow. like the old little league days when you came out there and you practice as a team four or five times and you played together and all that it's just a whole different it's a whole different thing now. Right. Unfortunately, we're out yeah. of time, Coach. But look, with six national championships and 674 wins, you've probably got more since this stat. If we get an opening for softball down here, can we give you a call, Coach? <laughs> you can give me a call, but I think I'm a JUCO guy. I think my personality and my everything fits better in the JUCO way. And um, But, yeah, I'll listen. Okay, okay. And, and you will go down this week as the highlight. We, we've just the, the thought of you calling Jeremy McLean a dog on the air, in the sense that you did it, has made our week. And uh, we th- we thank you for your time, Coach Lee. Okay, thank you guys for having me. All right, Thanks. Andy Lee, everybody at Northwest Florida State College, and the former roommate of Jeremy McLean. What a great interview! We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Andy Lee joining us. Jeremy McLean's a dog. He is a dog, yeah. Greg Maddox-esque is what was called uh, the Southern Miss athletic director who, what was it, a perfect was it fifteen or sixteen and zero? His uh, his senior yeah, year, pretty crazy. amazing and crazy. When you see when you see Jeremy, just tell him how how good of a college pitcher he was because it seems like he forgets half the time. Anyway, great having Coach Leon. Great having John McCormick from Florida Atlantic joining us earlier in the program. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. Just a, a great interview from uh, one of the best coaches in, in Conference USA Baseball. Great dude, and he's a friend of the show. Eagle Hour, if you missed it today, of course, you can always go back and listen on demand. Supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, 
supertalk.fm, and then uh, in the App Store, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Southern Miss Track and Field up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, for the 2021 Outdoor Track and Field Championship. Some events getting underway today, some heats and and a few more events going today. Should have uh, some re- results in tomorrow when we go on air, and we'll bring those uh, to you. Jeremy McLean has issued a statement uh, to uh, some media regarding the numerous players that have left the softball program. It, it basically sounds the same as what he told us last Wednesday uh, when he was on the show. We are aware of some issues and concerns regarding the softball program, as we often do in these type of scenarios as the season concludes. We have been visiting with as many people as possible around the program to help us fully understand these conversations will inform us and allow us to address concerns and help us to develop a path for continuing to improve moving onward, close quote. Jeremy McLean commenting on, on softball. And uh, Kelly Sander, um, I know you were happy to see this earlier in the week. Triple A of the Cleveland Indians, the Columbus Clippers. Kurt McCarty goes six innings, gives up three hits, doesn't walk a batter, strikes out three, and improves to 2-0 and on the year. Good old, good old Kirky Turkey. That's what we used to call them. I, I coached him uh, um, and a lot of those guys in soccer uh, when they were little kids too. And of course, I knew nothing about soccer. I know all I did was coach ice hockey and and you know put it on a soccer field. But uh, it doesn't surprise me. Any of the success that, that Kirk has really doesn't uh, doesn't surprise me. He'll, he'll find a way to be successful. Um, and I'm hoping, like Nick Sandlin, that he'll get uh, Sandlin finally showed his. Humanity gave up a run, you know, the first hit, I think. Oh, against the say it ain't so, one hit. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I'm hoping Kirk will get that opportunity, too, so that regardless of what happens, you know, that would be that would be the end of a lifelong dream, getting to play in the major leagues. So I didn't even see that. Sandlin, he just gave up a hit. That was it. Didn't give up any runs. And, and I, think that's, I think that's the first hit he's given up all year. Um, they had to go extra innings. The uh, Indians did yesterday, but they they, they beat the Cubs in, in uh, extra innings. So getting that opportunity and making the most of it, and, and good for him. All right, Xander, What else is going on around the world? It seems like it's a slow Thursday. Well, you got uh, the high school baseball playoffs will continue throughout the state, but but because of the the exorbitant amount of rain we've had, uh, things and things are. Staggered, you know, some playoff series in the next round are starting tonight. Uh, some series are finishing up from last week. Now, in an oddity in the schedule this year with the MHSAA, normally uh, after next week's South State games and North State championship series, they would go right on to um, Trustmark Park in Pearl and play the state championship series. But because, again, of an oddity in the schedule and because of all the rain that they've had this year, it's working out to be pretty good that the state championship series will not start until the week after that. It's the first time ever that baseball has gone over into the month of June. So the, the state championship series at each of the classifications, 1A through 6A, will be played at Trustmark Park, but not until the month of June. So if teams are fortunate enough to win their respective North or South state championships, they will have a full week, almost a week and a half, to prepare for the final series, and that will let people – um, you know, get healed up. I thought it was interesting uh, when you were talking uh, earlier with the coach from Florida Atlantic, how he talked about the injuries on the pitching staff have really prohibited them maybe from being as good as they could be. And we talked about on this very program how you take that 
in a Southern Miss context, and just the opposite has been true of the Eagles. You know, thank goodness that the pitching staff for Southern Miss has been pretty healthy. Uh, man, it, it's just so, so important that your pitchers stay healthy. And because Southern has been so healthy, I really think they're going to make a deep run uh, in this in this tournament. And there are some, some people saying that Southern Miss is a team to look at as far as a, a World Series team going to Omaha. Wouldn't that be something? Right. I saw where uh, some national publication listed five Omaha sleepers, and Southern Miss was one of the five, Kelly. And now the CDC, uh, in the past hour, that's the Center for Disease Control, has now come out and said that if people are fully vaccinated, they don't need to wear a mask outdoors. Imagine nor that. Do they, about yeah, that. Nor, nor do they need Imagine to wear a mask that. indoors. So, um, so Bob, the, uh, the, the guys on... That's great news. The guys on the D1 Baseball podcast, uh, Kendall Rogers actually said that he was watching Southern Miss, but I didn't know this. They had a nickname for Gabe Montenegro. They call him the Count of Montenegro. <laughs> and and despite what we hear in other uh, venues, one of the best college baseball players in Mississippi. All right, Kelly, thanks for setting up that interview with Andy Lee. He referred to the athletic director as a dog. And uh, that is the that is the comment of the week of via Kelly Sander. Uh, although I'm sure Kelly can come up with something a little more. And, that, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, that, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. thing. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.